The year is 1991. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is My Marvelous Year. Hello and welcome to My Marvelous Year, the comic book reading club where we go through the best of Marvel comics from its origins to today. I'm Zach, the comic book journeyman, and today I am joined by the only... I didn't think about this. Um, (laughs) The only... France's only professional Batrock impersonator? I don't know. Okay. Is is that okay? Okay, okay. I mean... You, you, you're the only French person I know who does a Batrock impersonation. Um, <laughs> That's w- willingly. Have I ever so. done a Batrock imp- impersonation? Because I don't remember you, you that. Ri- you write it a fair amount. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you write it out. I don't know if I've heard you do it in person okay. that much. So um, it's, uh, it's Charlotte. So Charlotte is guest starring on this episode, and she's going to be guesting on one of the 1992 episodes while Dave's on paternity leave. Yeah. Um, it, it's weird. The order of these episodes is going to be funky, so it's going to be like... I'm talking about how Dave's on paternity leave, and then he'll be back for an episode or two, and then he'll leave, and then he comes back for one, like, episode five in 1992. It's a little all over the place, but Charlotte's filling in here. Charlotte is a longtime member of our uh, Slack community, and um, she's a Comic Book Herald contributor, writing, like, reading lists and articles for Comic Book Herald, and uh, just someone I'm... a, a personal friend, someone who I've been, I don't know, I think pretty good friends with for a while and i'm really excited to, to have her on the show so thanks for coming too. on charlotte yeah thank you uh, um so i wanted to ask so you, you've been reading my marvelous year like the club for a while are you yeah. you're caught up right like you're one of the handful of people who is like yeah fully I'm caught up and beat ahead i think i've read as far as 93 planning for for getting uh getting late later on yeah you're right you've got uh university coming up right yeah um yeah, so that that's really exciting. I, I actually, I kind of want to, like... I, I think this is as good a time as any. If you are listening to this, when this comes out, more or less, you know, in the, the week or two after this comes out, and you are somebody who is currently listening to the show, and you are caught up with the reading, and you've been reading along with us, like, let me know. I'm kind of curious how many people there are, because I, I know a handful in the Slack community yeah. that are, like, caught up, but, like, a majority of the Slack community is, you know, somewhere lagging behind, or in a on a hiatus, right? Like, it, it happens, you just kind of fall behind i mean it happened to me the first time i read through so i'm curious how many people are like um you know right here with us reading week to week um okay so we're gonna we're gonna do something a little different than our normal variant cover we do have questions we're gonna get to those um get those first um and then we're going to talk about the x-men animated series charlotte has been watching it uh pretty consistently how far along into it are you uh, i've watched into the beginning of season four i think i'm at uh, episode eight of season four like the nightcrawler episode oh so you're almost done you're uh you're pretty you know, yeah lo- there's, uh, the there's still the rest of season four and then the legendary uh fifth season uh during which they moved production yeah. to the philippines yeah 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 I, i've heard yeah um 
Yeah. Oh, well, very cool. Um, so what we're going to talk about that, because that is lining up with this era of X-Men, and we'll, yeah. we'll kind of talk about it in, uh, in, a, in an overview. So let's get into some of these questions. Uh, Aaron from the Slack writes, which Marvel hero has the silliest name change for the French publication? Okay, so I actually uh, did a whole document of this uh, for the Slack like a few months back. Mm -hmm. So welcome to a segment I'm going to call Sacre Bleu Wars. <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm gonna give you some French names of um, of Marvel characters, if that's oh, okay with yeah. you. And yeah, please. You to try and guess um, which character okay, they yeah. are. I, I took to, so for reference, I took two years of French in middle school and two or three years in high school. Right, so like I should do okay, but I won't. Yeah, that's the thing. It's I, I know uh, probably about fifty words of French. So to kind of uh, answer uh, more specifically Aaron's question, I think the the silliest name changes overall are when um, the French translation is a different English word. Mm -hmm. So okay. for example, uh, there's a character that in French is called Iceberg. Okay, Iceman. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. There's um, there's Strange Girl. Tr strange Girl. Yeah. Um, Marvel Girl? Yeah, exactly. Jean, Jean Grey? Okay. Um, you have Rocket, not Rocket Raccoon, another Rocket. Is that Cannonball? Yeah, Grace. Um, <laughs> and then you also have Solar. Sunspot. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, but, I mean, okay, so let, let me say, Marvel Girl doesn't make sense because you would know what the word Marvel is. Right? Yeah, exactly. Like, so that one's weird. Iceberg is strange because Iceman, you would understand makes Iceberg. Makes sense. Is probably iceberg's probably a less known English word for French speakers, and then um, what was the rockets? The really strange or rockets yeah, rock, really weird. Rockets weird, but I kind of get solar and sunspot because you probably like solar. I, I think probably has similar roots in French. Yeah, sun, I mean, like sun. Yeah, the sun. I think sunspot's kind of a little bit more of a specific like thing. So like spot, like I, I do you know most. French people know what the word spot means in English if they don't speak yeah. English. So, okay. All right. So, um, let's get into and the And my French favorite ones. one of the new mutants oh. is Felina, which is the French word for Wolfsbane, except Wolfsbane is a wolf, not a feline. So right. I was going to say no that's sense. cat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would have gotten that one. Okay. Wait, isn't... I thought cat was gato, but... Er, in French. No, that's... No, that's I cake. think that's Spanish. That's cake. Yeah. Okay. That's... <laughs> that's cake, <laughs> cake in French, right? Yeah. Uh, in French, uh, cat is chat. Shot. Okay, right. Yeah, I knew that. Okay, all right. So hit me with some of these these French ones. Um, Diablo. Um, I mean, it means like is that Mephisto? No, it's a hero. It's a he okay. Are these all heroes? Uh, most of them are heroes. I have a few okay. few bad guys. Di Diablo, like yeah. Oh, Nightcrawler. Yeah. Um, oh, really? That's weird. Uh, oh wait, is it? It's Nightcrawler. Yeah, he's that, That's a strange one because like Diablo. Weird, because that's, I mean, Nightcrawler, like, is a very, I mean, Nightcrawler's a worm <laughs> yeah. in English, but, like, you don't really have that image, but, like, I mean, he is kind of devilish, but that that is, like, such a strong, um, that's a very, like, strong, uh, you know, indication of, like, his uh, devilish Yeah, I mean, I get changing the name in French, because Crawler doesn't really make sense in French, uh, even if you, yeah. like, take about Knight, basically everyone knows what Knight means, but Crawler is kind of uh, a bit weirder. yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, right. I only learned that uh, what uh, a Nightcrawler actually is uh, maybe a year ago. Yeah, it, it, it's weird. It's like, it's a cool evocative word, right? Like, yeah. But then the actual use in America is like, 
these uh, big worms. I, I used to go hunting for night crawlers when I was a kid. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> fishing in Maine, you would like you walk out in a field after it rains with a flashlight and uh, and just hold it down. And they're these like big long earthworms that will like be up above ground, and you have to grab them before they duck. They move really fast. <laughs> okay. They uh, scurry back underground. Okay. All right. What's the next one? Um, okay. So I have le fléau. So I can give you the f- the English translation of that word. Maybe it will help. Okay. Yeah. Le, le fléau. I don't know. Le fléau. Uh, it means fleo kind of means a scourge or a plague. Hmm, scourge or plague. Um, I don't know. I don't know. What is it? Juggernaut. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, juggernaut is okay. called le fleo, scourge or plague. Um, Weird. Okay. <laughs> this one you're gonna guess, but um, le bouffon vert. L- Say it again. Le bouffon vert. Bouffon. What does bouffant mean? Buffoon. Buffoon. Oh. Red buffoon? Ver- ver- no, green, Baird is green. Green buffoon. Green, green buffoon. The Hulk? <laughs> I love that, but no. Green buffoon. Where am I? Am I missing something obvious? Um, I don't know. Who is it? Green Goblin. Oh, 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 that's weird. Like, so he's like, it's like a clownish connotation. It's super weird, but I kind of like it because it's a completely ridiculous name. But at the same time, like, nobody would dare making fun of it because of how terrifying sure. he is. So yeah. weirdly, I, I mean, go- kind of like it. Goblin is not like a particularly scary word here. It's like a little, yeah. like, but it, but it's not quite as silly as clown, right? Or yeah, like and buffoon. in French, it would just be le goblin vert, which uh, which would right. sound about as well as bouffon vert, I think. Okay, all right. Uh, okay, one last uh, that I actually really like is Doctor Fatalis. Doctor Death. Okay. Um, I don't. I mean, Doctor Strange. Oh no! <laughs> okay, uh, Doctor Druid. <laughs> no. Oh, Doctor Doom. It's Doctor. Yeah, Doom. exactly. Uh, right. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I took me there. That was dumb. Um, oh, I right. actually like that, yeah, that do- one. Doctor Doom yeah. doesn't really make sense in French. Okay. And it yeah. sounds kind of kind of dumb, uh, but Fatalis yeah. is a good name, I think. It is the, that's not death exactly? Is that fatal? It's like yeah. It's I mean. It's the same root as fatality, or like the. Yeah, right. I mean, it's basically doom, kind of. It's the same okay. I- general idea. Ah, that's fun. Okay, I I, I like that segment a lot. Uh, <laughs> great, thank you. Sacre Sacre Blue Wars. Right? Sacre Blue Wars. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's go to the the next question by Dustin. Dustin is uh fulfilling the the slack trope of asking these improv <laughs> questions for us to to typecast Marvel characters Which, in another. Give us universe. more. Zach loves those. I, I just want this. This is like a public service announcement. Like, Dustin, <laughs> I, I, you know, I appreciate you. This is not subtweeting you specifically. I, I'm not good at this. Like, you know, like <laughs> I, I don't know what if if all of your uh, if the MCU characters were all in the 1990s show Gargoyles, which Gargoyles would they be? Right? Like, I <laughs> I can't do that <laughs> stuff. Even if I'm really familiar, like recast, you know, One Piece as Marvel characters, stuff like that. I'm bad at this stuff. I don't even think Dave is great at this stuff. We'll see if Charlotte's good at it. But uh, just just a, you know, just a <laughs> heads up. Like, these kind of questions I don't think are playing to our strong suit. So Dustin asks, what bending types would various Marvel characters be? Like, I would say Storm is airbending, probably. Basically, Marvel Avatar alternative universe. Um, so, yeah, if we put Marvel characters in the Avatar universe. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's this, is, this question's kind of tough because it's just like... Well, if someone has fire powers, they'd be, you know, like, um, what's his name? Uh, the, the Japanese X-Men. Uh, Sunfire? 
Yeah, sun, Sunfire, he'd be a fire Yeah, basically bender. like Human Torch and Sunfire I, as fi- ice, firebender. Namor Iceman is a waterbender. Right, wa- Iceman would be a waterbender. Uh, yeah, th- this question doesn't actually <laughs> leave that much room for like <laughs> interesting interpretation. I mean, I guess you'd like... have to go specifically to characters that aren't linked to a specific element. Like if I'm asking you uh, what elements would is... Wolverine bend, I think that's a bit tougher. I mean, it tough metal bending. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I guess so. But then it's just I like, guess, well, he'd be a, I... he's he's a non bender, right? Like, um, <laughs> that's fair. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have a good answer for this one, Dustin. Sorry. Um, Sorry, Dustin. Move. I failed you. Uh, someone, oh, one of our coolest Slack members here. Uh, oh, okay. Like Charlotte, so, can you let me let best? me take this one. Okay. So, Batrocle Lover sixty nine asks, uh, Charlotte, can you do your best Batroc impression, please? Um, <laughs> so I have a I have a panel pulled out that I can actually, try. Uh, you, oh, okay. Do, I, do you I, have I, some? I will love this. No, 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 I don't. But I was actually going to ask you something that I just realized might be funnier. So th- this was me asking okay. Charlotte to do this. Yeah. <laughs> something I'm actually a little more curious is: Can you read those Batrock panels, but try to do an American accent? Uh, I, I, well, I, but, is this putting but you on the spot too he, much? It's, it's cre- clearly written in. No, so no, but I like I like the, the way thoughts. I would read like Zoot, you know, I would read it like Zootalores, Sacre Blue, right? Oh, Which is okay. Clear, um, the, the, sac- the very I mean, American accent. Wait, can, can you do an American blue? accent at all? Zootalores. Uh-huh. I, I don't know. My, my accent fl- uh, kind of switches between British and American randomly. Um, mm. I guess I'd have to if take you... like, sp- for example, he says "nom du chien," which doesn't mean anything in French. It would be "nom d'un chien," uh, which is. Literally, name of a dog, but it's just a swear, a <laughs> random swear. Okay. All right. Um, so, nom du chien. Nom du chien. Nom du chien. Perfect. I That's guess. exactly what. Yeah. Okay. That's, um, okay. What about Sacre Bleu? Give me the, your best American accent of Sacre I mean, Bleu. In French, it's Sacre Bleu. In American, right. I guess it would be Sacre Bleu. Sacre Bleu. <laughs> you know what I love about uh, Europeans doing American accents? Is they yeah. all. They all sound like Texas. It's really funny. Like everyone, like oh, you know, okay. just, just kind of your casual thing. It all Same kind of blue, leans y'all. It, totally. Like <laughs> it all leans a little Texan to me. Like French, British people, like especially British people doing an Wait, American accent. Wait, you think accent. British like, people sound Texan? Because that's fascinating to me. <laughs> no, when British people do an American accent, whenever they're trying oh, okay. to sound like an American, they always do. Like British people doing an American accent do a better but Texas accent. I think than I can it's do. also because in it's... European consciousness, like if you're going to do the most American accent you can, it's a Texan yeah. accent. Like it's a the cowboy boo s. Sorry. All right, so I just have to hang up on Charlotte real quick. <laughs> Mike can't believe that she. Uh, that, that's uh, something I've heard. Maybe you can tell me if it's true, but apparently, like European people trying to speak French tend to swear a lot more than English-speaking people. European I, people. I do think I wait. say the effort a lot more than American people I know. Uh, I mean, not more than me. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. No, that that's not particularly my experience. Okay. It, it, you know, it's just it's kind of person to person. I will say, if you have to swear, just do it in French because I. Uh, oh. Unless you say, unless you say I won't know, and uh, that way, you know, you can slip it right by me, and I won't bleep what it out. What if I say bordel? Um. Well, I guess I I pieced it together in my mind what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that's what you said. But. Um. Okay. Uh. Kyle writes. Uh. Which Kyle is this? 
there, there's a lot of Kyle. His his username in the Slack is one of the multi Kyles because yeah. we have the uh, the Council of Crosstime Kyles in our Slack. <laughs> <laughs> so many Kyles. We do he have writes, a lot of uh, Charlotte, this this one's for you. I would like a brief overview of your process for writing reading lists for Comic Book Herald. That kind of looks that kind of look at a creative process is so interesting to me. So, well, first, um, do you want to give like a quick list of uh, what kind of reading orders you've been writing for Comic Book Herald? Uh, yeah, I mean, the first one I wrote was Just about... off the top of your head, like, if you have it. Yeah, the, the first one I wrote is about, was about Avatar, which uh, which mm-hmm. is a different process than most others, because most I've done are about Marvel characters or, or teams, uh, which is different than going with uh, Avatar. You just have the, like, maybe 15 different comics that you can you can talk about the entire thing, so it's a different yeah, process. Yeah, that- that one's a little easier because it's just kind of like, well, you read all of them and they came out in a publication order. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that one's a little more straightforward. Although you did like, you you know, I'll say having read that, like you put a little effort, more effort yeah, into it than just it writing. It was more that, analytical wrote... than just uh, just doing a, a guide, a step-by-step. It, exactly. You're writing like, here's what, you know, stands out about this. This is a little more necessary than this. These are quote-unquote canon. These are kind of just fun side stories. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the others that kind of stand out of uh, of the usual uh, Marvel reading orders are the Asterix reading order, uh, but mm-hmm. the the French uh, the French comic Asterix, uh, which was uh, one of the biggest comics in my childhood. And so for this one, I did like um, a, a small explanation of each volume because it's a it's not like a continuous story like uh, American comics. It's you have a a forty two page story and then a, the sequel and then a sequel that are all uh, the same format. Um, so I did a small explanation for every volume, and before that, I did um, uh, explanations for the the main characters, the general ideas of the uni- of the Asterix universe, uh, mm-hmm. to kind of guide people in. Like if they want to start with uh, volume thirty-two, they have the general ideas; they don't uh, get in without having any clue uh, what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are the two most different ones. Uh, that that one's oh, interesting th- to me because, like, I think for <clears throat> a lot of people who use Comic Book Hero, it's like ah, well, I know I like Spider-Man, or I watched the Doctor Strange movie, and I'm kind of into this guy, so, like, where do I start to learn about Doctor Strange? Yeah. For Asterix, right, like, you're writing, I think, primarily for, you know, an English-speaking audience, right? Like, French... Yeah. You know, like, the the, the French audience... Right? Is Ast- Asterix is French, right? Asterix is French, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, might, might already have that context, or would be reading probably a French reading order, if it exists. Um, so I, I think probably your main audience is, you know, an American or at least um, a non-French audience. So having to, like, you know, give that context, I think, is really, really interesting. Yeah. Um, it would be for me, because Asterix sounds really cool to me, but it is also intimidating jumping into this thing with, you know, like decades of history um, that I don't, I don't have much cultural osmosis for. Okay, so yeah, then I mean, you, you've done a bunch of... It is weird to me to know that uh, Asterix is, I mean, maybe not super popular, but at least kind of well-known in the US. Uh, at least it, for it's, French it's kind comics. Of, it's more like, hmm. At, at least for me, it's like, I know what the guy looks like, and I kind of know who he is, but I don't think I've read yeah. an actual panel of the comic. Yeah, ever, okay. Right, like, I, I think that is, like, a, not a ton of people would know, but, like, a fair amount of people would be like, oh, yeah, that's that, like, Viking comic that's from Europe, right? Like, they would kind of understand what it is roughly, but they might not know, you know, any specifics. That, yeah. That's my I mean, it is more specifically culturally French. That's, like, for example, something like Tintin, I think, is way more popular than Asterix in the US. I read, But because yeah, I think yeah, there's Tintin, less of a, like, of a cultural specificity. 
to Tintin? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Tintin, he's Belgian, but, like, I yeah, didn't he's Belgian. really get that when I was a kid, right? Like, I read, yeah. I read yeah, a ton of Tintin. Yeah, he like, from the US or anywhere. Britain or whatever. He's just kind of a generic white guy, in my, <laughs> at least to my, like, child's, you know, reading yeah, of that, right? Like, uh, whereas where, where, when you read Asterix, uh, for example, when they go to Letitia... Uh, you have some jokes mm-hmm. about Paris that uh, you can basically only get if you've been to Paris or lived in Paris. Um, okay. So th- there are some very specific jokes about French uh, French culture in general. The, the same way that like an Andesenti comic is very specifically kind of, yeah. about New York and you know like having a cultural understanding of what New York City yeah. is, you know, lends itself to that. Okay. So what what other besides that? A lot of Marvel reading orders, right? I don't think you've done any DC. Uh, yeah, no, I've ha- I haven't done DC because I mean I I know way more about Marvel than I know about DC. I haven't read a lot of DC comics. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think the most different one I've done from Marvel is the best of uh, Loki comics, uh, which instead of doing like the whole mm-hmm. Loki history, uh, I did uh, what seems to me uh, to be the best. Uh, I think I did nine stories about Loki. Uh, and this one was really fun because it's uh, mm-hmm. Loki is one of my favorite Marvel characters, and some of their stories are some of my m- favorite Marvel comics. Uh, specifically, uh, mm-hmm. Kieran Gillen's Journey into Mystery and Al Ewing's um, uh, Loki, Agent of Asgard. Uh, so that was really yeah. fun to write. Um, so, w- yeah. so what's the process for that? I, I think that's kind of what uh, you know they they were asking. Like when you're doing a Marvel reading order, where it's just like Loki's probably literally in. I don't know, 3,000 issues of Marvel Comics, I bet. Something you know, I like, can, like, yeah. You know, you, you obviously can't read all of that. No. Right? So, like, I how, mean, how do you go about... Loki was different, because that's one I took from from my personal experience reading Loki comics and what I've mm-hmm. what I'd considered to be the best stories from that. Um, but for general reading orders, uh, I look at... I kind of cross-reference uh, Wikipedia, um, fandom.com, and uh, Travis Stern's uh, comic book reading orders. Uh, which are like the literally mm-hmm. every issue the characters has appeared in. So I look at that. So like uh, the entire uh, database, yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of. Uh, so that's why I know uh, basically all the comics in which the character has been. So from that, I can uh, eliminate, like, if I see the character has been in one random issue of Alpha Flight, it was probably a random appear- appearance that wasn't really important for the overall story. So I can look at seeing the 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 main runs in which the character mm-hmm. has been, looking at that. Um, and so after that, I go through those in Marvel Unlimited. I kind of skim through the ones I don't feel, uh, the one where they're a ba- more of a background character or where if they have like two pages two pages in the comics that are focused on them and for the rest they're background characters. I kind of skim yeah. through that and look only at the stuff that's specific to the characters. And then uh, I read through what seems to me like the m- really most... Like, for example, for Hulkling, uh, I read through the entirety of uh, Young Avengers comics. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I skimmed through, like, the, he appears in, like, three issues of New Avengers by, Ma- by Michael Bendis. So those I kind of skimmed through to see uh, what was uh, interesting or not. And mm. uh, so I take notes while doing all that. And once uh, I've gone through the whole history, uh, I go back to my notes and then... Uh, Right through, uh, like more completely, uh, the what's important, uh, wh- where they were, wh- where Why they you would were at which this. time. What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and like, divide it. I think it's helpful to divide it into specific um, eras, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because, for example, um, I mean, <laughs> I'll take the example of Alpha Flight. 
Yeah, I was going to bring it up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a whole time during the... After... I mean, basically after Burn leaves the title and until the end of the 90s where there still were uh, Alpha Flight comics, but they haven't been collected. So you can yes, like right. put all yeah. that into an era saying these are specific issues you might want to look at, but don't bother reading through all of it because there's no collected edition and most of it isn't that important uh, long in the long run. Yeah, right. As for example, yeah, that for, for that, I, I, spe- I said the issue where North Star comes out as gay or issues where mm-hmm. specific actors join the team, for example. Um, yeah, yeah, right. You, you know what? It's it, hearing you talk about it. Um, it. It's not that far off what I'm doing on my DC year. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm writing the the list for my DC year. You know, this is it's obviously a little bit bigger because I'm kind of trying to cover all of DC. Yeah. But like, it's my criteria for that is like I start. You know, here's 1990. What are like basically all the series that are running there? I kind of write down like everything that's running, and then I'm like I nix like well these aren't particularly good or worth talking about. And then, like, if there's a really notable run, like Grant Morrison's uh, Doom Patrol is running in that time, I read every issue of the, like, the really good stuff, and then I try to pick out, you know, like, what I think is key or critical to read. Um, You know, when new characters get introduced, when new, um, like, creative teams come on, right? Like, when big story moments happen. So it's a little bit of a mix of, like, the same thing, I think. Similar of, like... What is what's you know important to read? What's fun to read? What is um, you know like yeah yeah note noteworthy in a couple different uh, metrics. So yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, that's that's very interesting. Is that Alpha Flight one out yet? I don't think it is. No, it's <laughs> that's actually funny. I haven't. I've never been as late on an article as I am on the Alpha Flight ring order. <laughs> okay, well no, that's right. You told me about this. So you you here. Let's. Uh, if you don't mind, you you messaged Dave and told him you were running late. And how did he respond? <laughs> he said, um, I, I basically said, uh, the later the bait, the later the better. Uh, without <laughs> <laughs> I love that he's like trolling me in private messages yeah, to other people, right? Like his his <laughs> hatred of Alpha Flight is not even like the kayfabe, you know, that is just in my face to tease me. Right? <laughs> he's doing it like <laughs> to other people in private. Yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> I mean, um, I, okay. Yeah, he, his oh, initial please. message when I when I asked him about uh, doing because I I was the one who proposed uh, doing uh, an alpha flight reading order uh, because yeah. uh, Gamma Flight is coming out soon, um, mm-hmm. and his response and the was uh, Alpha Flight pains me to green light, but I'm excited about Gamma Flight too, so fine. Yeah. Oh God. I mean, the MCU just has to at this point. I mean, like... you know what? If they're doing like if they're doing in five years a new Wolverine movie a new Wolverine in uh, origin, I think the way to do a different origin from the X Men movies is doing the Alpha yeah. Flight thing. So I can they're, totally they're see they're an Alpha interesting team. Like I, I'm not story. you know, I, like it is weirdly you know people give me you know a lot of crap about <laughs> it, but like I think they're a cool like they're an interesting varied team. Like they they have a lot of weirdo characters that like have fun powers and like good personality. You know, especially in that burn run, like I think they yeah. all get established. Like Shaman and, uh, um, oh my God, I totally forgot her name. That the Owl Woman, Snowbird. Um, yeah, like Shaman and Snowbird and Sasquatch and Puck and Vindicator. Like I think that's like a very like well ran North Star and his uh, sister, who I can't remember her name either. Uh, Polar, not Polaris. Uh, Aurora. Um, Aurora. Yeah, 
I think they're a pretty interesting team that like would translate well uh, to a to the screen. Like, no, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess so. But also, I also know that the most interesting uh, stories I've read about those characters is when they're not in Alpha Flight. Because like, mm. I, yeah, I love well, no star yeah. from uh, Leah Williams X Factor, for example. Um, mm, okay. um, Puck. From I mean, they're they're all great because I think Puck. Puck and Puck Sasquatch specifically. I mean, Puck, Puck's like one of the best yeah. Marvel characters, period. You know, like <laughs> We can talk uh, about it later when we talk about yeah. the X-Men yeah, we'll, animated we'll series, but his voice in the animated series, he sounds oh like a my Carlton God, no, fairy. Please, it's so don't, bad. Don't look. It, it's like, but he's not the Canadian thing, so he's like, Hi, I'm Puck, yeah. eh? <laughs> like, it, And it took me so it, long to realize that Puck wasn't just a Shakespeare reference, but it's also uh, the, it's, <laughs> the thing from Hokey. It, it's oh yes that's the joke right he's yeah. he's like a small little which punk, to me yeah, he, it's, yeah. it was just a, a Shakespeare reference I, you know what I never even thought of the Shakespeare reference I just thought of you know Canada and hockey <laughs> so like, um, yeah god yeah we'll talk about it in a bit but that, yeah. that voice for him is miserable um, yeah anyway so yeah that, that's very cool I'm, uh, I'm always excited to read even if I don't uh, like Hulkling doesn't mean anything to me but I always skim through your reading orders because your, your writing is really good oh, thank you that's very nice no prob. Uh, all right, Peter asks a bunch of these are kind of quick fire questions. Who's taller, yeah. you or Zach? I, I, uh, for some reason, people I haven't met IRL, I I always imagine they're way taller than me. But okay, I, I think we're basically the same height. I don't know. Oh, you're you're over six feet. I did not know. That. I have no idea what six feet is. <laughs> Let them check. Oh, <laughs> oh right, right, garbage right, right. Uh, here, here, no, I'll, I'll, system. Uh, <laughs> Um, okay, it's uh, 185 centimeters. Oh, no, I think I'm, how tall I'm I am. Short, a bit shorter than that. Okay, so yeah, I'm, 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 I'm maybe like three centimeters shorter than you, if, if that's uh, okay. your height. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm 185, slightly more than 185. Okay. Um, vacillating between 6'1 and 6'2, depending on the, the day. Yeah, um, yeah. All right, so who are the best and worst French characters in Marvel? Um, who are who are the French characters in Marvel? Yeah, series? so like I had Bat to Rock. look that up because uh, I mean I can't think of two or three, but I'm guessing they have to be Bat also. Rock and a bunch of French Canadians from Alpha Flight. Yeah, so I look at uh, marvel.fandom.com/wiki/category/French. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the ones I knew about are um, uh, Peregrine or Faucon Pellerin, which is a, a guy with wings uh, from from France. He was in the yeah. Contest of Champions and stuff like that. It sounds familiar, but no. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Alain Racine. Alain Racine, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah okay. So then, obviously, there's Batroc, who is... Yeah, right, of we, course. Okay, I have to talk about this. Um, in the MCU, they took a, a French-Canadian actor to play Batroc, which is such a shame. I, he should be, like, uh, yeah, must, like mustache-rolling the, the French. Yeah. yeah, and he doesn't do the, like, the thick accent. Like, they yeah, do, he's not... Like, he, it's fun he's that just, he's around, but, like, for him not to say... But it's not, blues, though. He's not a fun a... villain. Yeah. Like, to me, no, he should guess... be fun like uh, Ulysses Clow in Black Panther. Yeah, well, except that, like... Yes, right, exactly. Like, which, which is funny, because that's a totally different character than the comics yeah. as well. But he is, like... Uh, Andy Serkis is just having so much fun <laughs> with that, yeah. that oh, I guess he's fun in Secret Wars. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wait, but, oh, uh, Claw is? Yeah. Well, except that Claw, like, he's a weird, like, in the, in the comic, he's this, I mean, one, he's a, he's got a, a satellite dish on his hand, and his whole thing is, like, sound waves, right? Yeah. Which is not in the MCU. And making elephants and then, out of sounds for some reason. Right, exactly. And then, <laughs> I forgot about that. And then, like, two, 
his character is that he's like this like addle-brained court jester character in like in Secret Wars at least, right? But and also then... usually he's a he's a, um, a white. Uh... Uh, conqueror. No, I guess it doesn't say. Uh, yeah, like imperialist, like yeah, imperialist colonial uh, invader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, which is what what Andy Circus is doing. Right, like yeah, they're, they're clearly tapping like into those tropes of you know the yeah. Um, but yeah, he's uh, I, I definitely wanted Batrock to be a little. I, I think with the MCU, they're just kind of like it's fun because we call the guy Batrock, so you'll just you know. Like, yeah, and you're just having slightly fun. similar colors, but uh, that's that's yeah, it. a little bit of purple. But... Okay, um, so, so um, Swordsman is French. Apparently, which oh, yeah. I should have realized sooner because his name is Jacques Duquesne. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he's French. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's okay. technically he's he was born in like uh, when Vietnam and all those countries were French because when those comics came out, uh, those were French colonies. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So I guess technically he would be Vietnamese. But uh, yeah, he, okay. he's in the French uh, category. So <laughs> I guess. Wait, is he like he's Vietnamese? I mean, he's white, but he was born in in French colonial Vietnam. Right. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> um, so yeah, and okay. So other c- Exodus is French. Which I, have you seen Exodus yet in uh, in X Men mm, comics? Not that I know. Because you're no. you're you're probably going to see him like in one or two years. Uh, in ninety two or ninety three, he comes in. Okay. I think. No. Um, no. It, but he, wait, he, Exodus. Yeah, Exodus. Okay. No, I don't. I don't know. Uh, so basically, know, he comes oh. in as one of Magneto's acolytes. Okay, uh, but uh, but not familiar. in the uh, original X Men, uh, uh, not in the X Men One Two Three Acolytes. He comes in later. Okay, I think ninety three. We actually, yeah, we haven't gotten a ninety three yet. That's yeah, he's the oh, main and... focus of the blood bloodlines. I think blood tie blood ties is the name of the event, like a, an Avengers and X Men event event in in which he's the main uh, antagonist. I think. Okay, and then I do know Monet. A little yeah, Monet Saint Croix is uh, from yeah. Generation X and uh, X Men, and I I'd only know her from her uh, like Hoxpox stuff. Like yeah, she goes same. on that, you know, no spoiler, like she, but she goes she, on the, the that cool issue where they go to the sun. <laughs> in, yeah, uh, in yeah. House of X, like she she's on the team, and it's kind of weird because the rest is like more or less the OG like you know Mostly, all new X Men yeah. team. You know, it's it's all pretty recognizable, like seventies classic heroes and then monet and i'm like who is this she's pr- she's pretty cool isn't is she is she the character the muslim character um uh, I, I don't think she's uh I oh, don't ma- think maybe she i'm confusing is. maybe monet's not the one on the team because i think it's I, I think she she's from Al- i think she's from monaco monaco and algeria but i don't okay. well think this is all like we, we haven't covered her in the club yet yeah. so we shouldn't even go that far into it yeah <laughs> that's true um well, yeah, so I guess there's a handful, you know, there's a couple of French characters. Yeah, and I guess um, if you go beyond, like, French from France, there's a North Star and Aurora, yeah. French-Canadian, Gambit right, is, yeah. uh, is fr- uh, from Louisiana, I guess. I mean, he speaks French, but he's he's American. Yeah, 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 it's the, like, the New Orleans French thing. Yeah. Um. Okay, Peter says, what's the best French comic we should all check out? Um, uh, specifically, I, I, I guess... I don't know about you know the best French comics. One, I don't know if it's available in English. I, I should have checked it uh, late, uh, sooner. But mm-hmm. there's a French comic called Imbattable, which basically means uh, uh, in- invincible or unbeatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... Uh, I think it's Belgian. 
I have a Belgian or French, um, and it's about uh, a superhero that lives in the French or Belgian countryside, um, and he his power is he can jump from one panel to other panels. So if he sees a crime um, in the the panel uh, beneath him, he'll jump on the panel beneath him to stop the crime and then come back up. Uh, so it's it's really fun uh, playing with the breaking the fourth wall and playing with um, comics uh, tropes, I guess. Yeah, that, that's cool. I haven't heard of that before. What, what's it called again? What would you call it in Unbattable. English? Uh, okay. I, it might be called Invincible in English, actually. Yeah, I just looked at... I mean, well, you'll never find that, then, if you type in Invincible comic. Because, um, you know, yeah. the other one will overwhelm that, I think. Uh, yeah, that, that reminds me... There's a... Um, I don't know. It's probably not connected. In 1995... There's a Sega Genesis game called Comic Zone. Are you familiar with that? No, like I don't think I know that. Fascinating to me as a kid. I was like always wanting to rent this and my parents wouldn't let me. Yeah. And it's like it's just kind of a cheesy like beat 'em up action game set in this like post-apocalyptic New York City or something. Yeah. And uh but the whole thing is that like it's all taking place in a comic book, so like as you're oh, walking okay. through, you're walking through comic panels, but then you get to the edge of the panel and your character just has to like punch the uh the panel borders down to like get into the next panel um so you're constantly just like breaking the fourth wall and there's you know like i I think a big hand with a pen will come down and like draw in new enemies for you to fight it was uh it was really fun it's worth it's worth checking out on youtube at least i don't i I have no idea if it was actually fun to play yeah okay it's a it's a really creative like uh visual style and concept um okay the last question here and the most important does anyone in france actually say sacre bleu (laughs) I'm very sorry to, to report that. Yes, absolutely, in every sentence. Sacre bleu. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, all right. So we, we do have one last question here by Kurt in the Slack. Sweet, sweet man, sweet, sweet man, Kurt. It's a normal sweet way of Kurt. calling him. A very, a very sweet uh, person, Kurt. One of my favorites. Yeah. Um, he writes uh, at Charlotte, "How you be so awesome?" And then he follows up, "And can you teach Zach?" <laughs> <laughs> Well, Zach, if you're free after this recording, uh, we can have our <laughs> first lesson in awesomeness. That's very nice. Thank for you, like, guys. A payment plan of forty nine ninety nine per lesson. <laughs> uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, yes, we. I, I think uh, the entire Slack agrees. Charlotte is very awesome. So we're, everyone was very you. excited to hear you're, you're coming on this. Uh, the the comic I was talking about is called Mister Invincible uh, by Pascal Jusselin. At least that's the English name translation. Oh, cool. Thanks. Thanks for looking that up. Before we go any further, time for an ad break. If you're listening to this podcast, you clearly love comics. You may even love deep, analytical takes on comics. So we think you might like Super Serious 616. Super Serious 616 is a podcast that explores what it would be like to live through the beginning of the modern Marvel age of comics. It is unlike any podcast that you have heard before. Mike and Ed talk about the public events from the early Silver Age of Marvel Comics as if those events were actually happening. As superpowered heroes and villains, gods, and monsters become everyday occurrences, Mike and Ed talk about the ramifications of the changes thrust upon the world. Would the Fantastic Four be welcomed as costumed do-gooders, or would their motives be questioned? Will there be superpowered Cold War with Russia? Will the appearance of Thor in the emergence of gods from ancient myths lead people to re-examine their own religious beliefs? Is Iron Man a good use of Starkcore shareholder capital? If Reed Richards had developed podcast technology in the 1960s Marvel Universe, this would be the show everyone would be listening to. 
So join Mike and Ed every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on Super Serious 616 as they chart the evolution of the Marvel Universe from the ground up as it happens. All right, back to the show. Okay, so let's get into uh, the, the other big topic we're going to talk about for the variant cover, which is the X-Men animated series. Uh, like Charlotte said, Charlotte's been... Yeah, I know. I mean, that <laughs> song is just it's, incredible. It's great. Right? Like, have you watched the Japanese version of the opening? I have not. Is it a You need to check it out. <laughs> I mean, it's incredible. Okay, I'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely yeah. check that out. Um, it's It was running, so just a little bit of history. It ran on yeah. Fox... Uh, in America from 1992 to 1997. Uh, pretty sure it did spread through uh, other countries because it was quite popular. Um, I think huge for a lot of people's childhoods who were like kids at the time. I hated this show when I was a kid. <laughs> it made me like, it was weird and like, I don't know, like I, I was raised very like Christian sheltered and like very, um, like I was just one of these weird, weird kids who at least when I was a little, little kid was very like, I can't watch that. That's for grown-ups. Like, instead of just being like, I'm annoyed I can't watch that, I was the one who was just like... I remember specifically seeing a trailer for uh, the Babe movie, which is like the sweetest, most kind movie, and he says in the trailer at some point, like, hey, butthead. And I remember, like, being like, Mom, we can't watch that movie. He says, B-U-T-T head. Like... So I, I was a little, you know, <laughs> That's like incredible. about that. Yeah. So, like, but X-Men, which was... You were also was, watching like, it, I mean... to. Yeah, oh, but sorry, it was like maybe five years about it for after five to ten years after it first came out, right? No, uh, like when I was, you know, this is when I was five. I was five to ten years old throughout the runtime oh, okay. of this. So that that was when you know it was on TV and on like cable, you know, or uh, antenna. At that point, it wasn't yeah. cable. It was just uh, like local local networks were playing it. Um, I, yeah, I really didn't like it because I think like for me as a kid, it was like it was too intense. I think that was, like, really my issue with it. It's, like, it was too intense and it was a little bit too, like, convoluted. Um, yeah. I, but, you, but I was you know also... What? I think I was kind of, of like that with... Because um, we didn't have uh, X-Men animated series in France when I was a kid, but there were yeah. reruns of uh, Batman, the animated series, and I think I was kind of that way with Batman and Justice League. Uh, I mean, we mostly got uh, DC shows, and uh, I, I think is... I was kind of like that, but, like, I, I think I'm too young for those. <laughs> I, I was, like, shocked to find out that the Batman show ran basically at the same time. Like, yeah. my thought was Batman was, like, you know, the late 90s. I guess a yeah. little bit because of, like, how it looks. It looks so much better. <laughs> you know, not to, like, yeah. not to <laughs> It looks really nice. Like, the Batman animation still looks great today. I never watch that much Batman, but, you know, every time I've seen no, it, like, it's, it's very good. Um, I, and I yeah. think because there's both the visual style... And just, like, the, the way the characters behave and talk, it's, um... The way I thought about it, watching the X-Men show, it's, like, it's Chris Claremont characters, mostly. Mostly mm -hmm. Chris Claremont's uh, storylines, with kind of a mix Kinda, between yeah. uh, Byrne and uh, Jim Lee aesthetics, like, 80s to mm -hmm. 90s uh, aesthetics yeah. of X-Men. But it yeah. feels like those characters written by Lee and Kirby, kind of. Like, the, 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 the it's really cheesy... Like the, for example, uh, the the main example is Storm. Like uh, by the power of the elements, I command you. <laughs> Every time she uses that, her powers. that feels very. See, that kind of feels Claremont. You to think? Me. I don't you know. know that like that the, feels like very cheesy in a sixties way to me. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess. Yeah. Let's let's get into the the vibe of the show. Yeah. It it is. 
Um, so I, I only watched like six episodes scattered throughout, right? I watched the pilot, I watched um, the Days of Future Past, and I watched some of the Dark Phoenix and the Alpha Flight episode. Um, cool. So like you, you have a much wider view of this than I do. I was, uh, yeah, I was a little struck by how um, how serious the show is, right? Like, yeah. it, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it takes its stories and characters seriously, right? Like, it is very much being like, we're really telling long-term stories here. You know, and they're silly, they're comic book stories, but, like, it's serious about wanting to, like, really build its own little world here and, like, flesh it out and have, like, the character stuff matter. Whether or not, like, those character th- beats in the story is silly is different, but, like, it takes... It takes the, 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 you know, like, like, it's not, it feels like it's trying to, like, treat kids with a little bit of, like, um, it, like, respects kids' intelligence to be, like, yeah, you're gonna follow, like, a six-part story here, right, that, like, keeps going and builds and builds and builds, and, like, season two will feel different than season one, which, in my mind, is, like, I I mean, there were shows like that at the time, but, like, I, I don't know how many shows really built it's world like this, you know, there's like, yeah, G.I. I was Joe definitely expecting it to be He-Man way more and... monster of the week. Uh, than yeah. And the, you know, like there are kind the, of the individual, it, there are those like solo episodes, but they're also yeah. just like, this is the solo episode where you find out, you know, like storm's backstory, right? Like yeah. it might not, you know, push the plot forward episode by episode, but it is building up the characters, right? Like it is not yeah. just like total reset of like, here's, yeah. Like you said, monster, here's the monster of the week. They fight it it doesn't, you know, really add much to the characters. It's just kind of, like, the thing they're going through this week, right? That that happens, but, like, not Which all the time. I guess it's also, like, kind of a consequence, uh, I mean, kind of a consequence of uh, adapting Claremont comics, because that's, you always have that. You have the story of the week, kind of, and mm-hmm. the overarching storyline uh, that can last yeah. uh, for years, uh, which you... You have on some stuff, like for example, for the whole of season two, you have the main episode and then three minutes at the beginning or at the end of the episode with Magneto and Xavier in the Savage Land. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's the overarching thing that uh, comes up again in the finally. But then, for example, one of the big thing uh, that I loved about uh, Clement's uh, planting seeds early on was that was the build up to the Dark Phoenix saga with the uh, mastermind planting. Uh, visions and dreams in uh, in Jean Grey's head, and here mm-hmm. we just see in one episode we see Mastermind and uh, Emma. I was going to say Emma Stone, Emma Frost, um, <laughs> <laughs> deciding to plant uh, dreams into Jean Grey's head, doing it, yeah. and by the end it's, it's resolved. Like it's not at all planted before. It's just we see that, and I think in that specific case you kind of lose some of it. Uh, you, I mean, yeah, sure. I, I, I. I hear what you're saying, but I also kind of think that, like, so- something I really liked about watching this yeah. was that it's it's a really interesting adaptation where it, some of it is very, like, true to the... It feels it all feels very true to the X-Men. It is, like, yeah. an interesting mix of, like, the Claremont stuff and what is happening exactly right now in the comics. Yeah. That's one of the more interesting things. And, like, I, we, I think this has come up on the show a few times where, like, they're adapting stuff that got introduced in the comics nine months ago, right? Like, Omega yeah, Cable, Red... Cable first appeared in the show, like, I think the same year he appeared in the comics. Yeah, like, Cable will show up in... I, I'm pulling this out of thin air. I, I can't remember the exact uh, story, but there was one, it might... Something to do in with Genosha, Cable. Genosha, I think. Like February 1992. Yeah. You know, a, sto- a, a character or story premiered oh, yeah. in October 1992. It was in the show, right? Like, they are turning it over really quickly. 
but then that like that means so there's an interesting mix of like you're getting the Dark's Phoenix saga, you're getting like Brood saga stuff, but then you're also getting the stuff that is happening like to the Age of Apocalypse. You're getting Mister Sinister and his uh, nasty boys, right? Like, it, it, <laughs> yeah. it, but and they bounce back and forth, so you kind of get like the X Men stuff remixed, where it's just like the Dark Phoenix saga is happening after, you know, like it is not following the se- sequence of the comics necessarily. And then they do something fun where they like they mix and mash and remix it together. So like you'll get the Days of Future Past storyline, but it also mixes Bishop in there, yeah. right? Like so like which you know, I it, like because that way you don't have three separate uh, with Bishop, Cable, and Days of Future Past. That three different future timelines that have basically nothing to do with each other in the comics. And here yeah. you can yeah, so condense that and make it more streamlined. Yeah, so it's like some of the episodes are very like like the Dark Phoenix saga felt. You know what? What I saw of it, like I think I watched, excuse me, um, two episodes of it. I did not. I didn't get the chance to finish it, but it felt very like this is more or less the Dark Phoenix saga from the comic translated yeah. into the show. But then Days of Future Past it was like, well, Rachel Summer isn't here. It's Bishop is the main character. It's like to stop an assassination attempt, the X Men are going to assassinate someone. He has to stop that, right? Like it, it is all the all the pieces are there, right? The Sentinels from the future. The uh, you know all the X Men are dead in the future. You see all their gravestones. Um, yeah. Nimrod is there, like chasing them. I love Nimrod in here. Like <laughs> Nimrod's Nimrod's design is so fun to me. Like I just I, yeah. This isn't even like the show. Just in general, like that weird white and pink. Uh, design is so creepy and like which I was disappointed because then later on there's a cable episode in the future where he's fighting Mm -hmm. hunting robots and instead of uh, making them uh, Nimrods they're basically Terminators like they look just like the Terminator weird very strange huh yeah well maybe I don't know Terminator came out in the late 80s the first one at least so I don't know know. who knows um yeah like so I I think that's that's really interesting the the way that it is like mixing and matching the stuff Oh, my whole point, you were, you were talking about, like, Claremont, you know, it kind of loses a little bit of the, like, you know, the build-up of the Dark Phoenix saga. Something I think that I kind of like about it is that it's a weird way of getting a somewhat distilled version of these stories without the yeah. the density and messiness and Claremont's just, like, constant, like, like, Claremont just has so many stories all running at the same time and so many things going on, some of which matter, some don't, some more successful than others that it does feel like a, a much cleaner way to get some of the the stories like even the these stories that are pretty directly translated it's a little bit like you know I, I i think just like it simplifies it down to the core like what what is really cool about the x-men and like like we just read executioner song right yeah um which, which, I don't, which one is that or <laughs> between execution no, song and x uh, extinction agenda and x <laughs> extinction agenda is genosha executioner yeah, okay. song is the one we, we have, it's going to be in an It's on Cable like, and Strife, right? Right. It's like five okay. or six weeks from now, so I can't talk about it too much. That's true. Okay, but like, my, my takeaway from that uh, is that like, there's a really cool core story to that, and then yeah. there's like 40 to 50% of that yeah. whole event is like just this extraneous stuff. And because you have to it mix it up matter. with New Mutants and X-Force and X-Factor and Excalibur and Wolverine. Right. It, in the show, can trim all that and just be like, no, what's the like the stuff that really matters? and get yeah. right to the core of it. And I think I think that's kind of fun, and, like, I, I can really, like, you know, like, I don't think I like this quite enough as a, you know, like, 30-plus-year-old man to want to, like, sit down and watch the whole thing, yeah. right? <laughs> um, but I had fun. Like, every episode I watched, like, I had a good time. Like, th- there's an energy to the show. It moves. Like, they're plotted pretty well. Like, th- they're corny, but, like, it's not 
Yeah, and you really get into it after a while, because at first, after like maybe three to four episodes, I was like, I mean, it's um, it's very different from animation I'm used to, because, I mean, it's one of the oldest animated shows I've seen, just because it's not... Uh, I mean, I'm a kid of the 2000s, so it's not really yeah. the kind of shows I, I've been used to watch. Yeah, you baby. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, uh, where, where, where was I going with this? <laughs> I distracted you by calling you a baby. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, um, um, it's it's different. But after, like, maybe 20 episodes, I was completely into it. And uh, yeah, I, sure. I was... There some... I mean, specifically, like, Storm, I think, is kind of ridiculous. Uh, I, th- I think she's one of the characters that... Uh, has the l- most missed potential in the show. I mean, she, they don't hmm. do anything with her. Uh, yeah, okay. except then saying random things uh, like almost spells when she's using her powers and uh, sure uh, I mean a, a lot of that is just the voice actor is yeah. I mean, what we can get into the voice acting in a bit but yeah yeah no I, I agree I mean like it, it is definitely it, it's weird because I, I think like the reduction in plot can be a positive in some regards right the, yeah. the like trimming down to like the core of like these stories and finding kind of like the 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 simpler version of these stories can be positive, but yes, like the characterization is much simpler, right? Like Wolverine is not the complicated guy he is in like Weapon X, right? Like it is, you know, like in the Alpha Flight episode, we see some of the Weapon X stuff with him and uh, Cornelius, whatever, like infusing him yeah, with adamantium, Cornelius, and like, yeah. you know, it, it's not the Barry Windsor Smith stuff, right? Like that that stuff's excellent and you know very very adult and uh, you know well written, and this is you know it's very like start the infusion and Wolverine going like oh what's happening to my bones <laughs> like and that's, it's you know, stingly that, that's ex- <laughs> right. I think he says exactly. something like that but, uh, no, but I, weirdly I, mean, I think sh- Wolverine is yeah. one of the characters I like the most from the show I think they he's, do he's good f- I think he's good yeah, he's, he's I think they do a good job like I was expecting what happens in um, in a lot of uh, crossover events in the comics where they do um the most caricatural version of him, which is just the growth, the growth ball of anger and uh, and violence, which he which does sometimes. The yeah. Alpha Flight episode, he's that like Vindicator is just like I brought you back to the team, and he's just like I'm gonna kill you, Vindicator, <laughs> and like and then immediately tries to just kill everyone. At yeah, Alpha I mean, Flight. I mean, like he just starts all... slashing at Vindicator's chest with his claws, <laughs> you know, like. And I mean, all the uh, characters are dialed up to eleven compared to their yeah. comic book version. But I think they there is the presence of the this. I mean, I, I like that uh, Wolverine is uh, best friends with Morph, and uh, which is the character that uh, is basically we, nowhere. We have, in to, the... <laughs> we we have to, to talk, talk about, about Morph. Morph. <laughs> okay, so Morph is in the <laughs> Morph is in the pilot. The pilot is the pilot's really great. I think yeah. the first two episodes, Night of the Sentinels, because it just like it really establishes all the characters. It establishes the main you know, setting of X-Men, that they're, you know, mutants, they're discriminated against, they're being hunted by Sentinels, etc. And it uses Jubilee as the kind of, like, point-of-view teen character who gets pulled into the X-Men. Yeah. It's really good. Um, I was watching this with Rose, and, you know, like, Jubilee shows up, and it's just like, she's running around, she's been, you know, taken by the X-Men to protect her, but she thinks she's being kidnapped. So, like, she runs in a room, and Wolverine's just like, hey, kid, what's up? And then Cyclops (laughs) is just like, no, stop! And Jean Grey and Professor X are chasing her. And then she runs into a room and, like, this person is there, like, switching bodies, kind of like Mystique, like, changing their appearance and just being like, Hi! <laughs> what are you doing here? And I'm like, who the <laughs> yeah. hell is that person? And and then, like, it's just, like, 
Feast, Storm, Gambit, Wolverine, Jean Grey, like, all these people you know, like, yeah, I know all this. And then it's just this guy who's like, we have to stop the Sentinels! <laughs> like, this was... And, like, we were halfway through the episode, and I was just like, what the hell is this? Like, this is not a character from X-Men that I just don't know about. Like, what is happening? I and then think... I realized, I, I figured... I figured it out, which is that he's the character that they want... They need to establish that Sentinels are serious business, so he just gets killed by the Sentinels in episode two. And it's it's the, you know, it's the red shirt from Star Trek, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, that, but, like... I, but I, go li- I kind they, of like it. You like... Oh, you like more... I, I thought he was just, like... I kind of like more... I mean, I also watched okay. season two. I, uh, can we spoil stuff? Uh, yeah, sure. Because yeah, <laughs> he, he comes back in season two, uh, like manipulated by Mrs. Sinister. Uh, oh, interesting. Okay. After a while, I yeah, I mean, I'm the first you surprise, but I kind of like Morph. <laughs> number one, I like the Charlotte, number Wolverine's one Morph fan. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> probably. Right. That's very know. funny. Okay. <laughs> um. All right. So let's, uh, let's talk about the, the voice acting a little bit. It, yeah. It's, it it's all really amped up. It's not. It's not good. No, right, but it's but not. It, it, it's not terrible either. It, it suits weird. The, the tenor of the show, I think. Right, yeah, like, I, I, I think, think it more or less. Weirdly, if it was better, show. it wouldn't work because it has to fit the animated style. Yeah, and the show, the show, like, it's weird. The animation is both. There's a lot of animation, and I think it has a real energy to it. But it also is like it's just really awkwardly animated. <laughs> a yeah, lot of time. like characters' heads and then their eyes move separately. Right, so you get these weird, like, they kind of look like animatronics, where, like, their bodies are moving stiffly, and their pupils don't move, and then their body stops moving, and then their pupils move, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. so, some really strange stuff there, but, like, sometimes o- overall, I think it's... Xavier it's... being a, a, a sweet, uh, I mean, he's supposed to be kind of a sweet fatherly figure, and his face is just f- terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, there, There's... It, it, there was a the Days of Future Past. There's a close up on Bishop's face as he's oh, looking yeah. like anguished, <gasps> and like and his face just morphs like four times, and it literally is just like that's four different. <laughs> Are people. you mystique? What's, like, he, what's happening? He just changed into four different human beings over the course of like a couple seconds there. And but I you know, it's just supposed uh, to be his expression changes. Bishop has a, a, a cowboy uh, Far West um, soundtrack every time he shows up. It's it's no it's like it's like a blues well I guess, yeah sure I mean it's kind of comes I don't know to, I mean I'm not a it, it's ve- it's very bluesy like it's a harmonica playing this kind of like yeah like it's it's this it's definitely blues uh and it's very okay. yeah it's funny it's it sounds like cowboy bebop but like it doesn't it means that it, like sometimes it just doesn't fit the scene at all like he's walking through yeah. a post apocalyptic landscape with like sentinels in this like. Uh, this sad harmonica's <laughs> playing in the background. I, I do, I do like the music overall because it's most um, variation on the ma- on the main But it's it's a great soundtrack, rules. so I'm fine with it. And okay, so uh, do you, do you have any like favorite quotes? Because I have I have a couple like oh. lines. Oh, I um, don't have. Ah, I should I, I sh- have wrote I, it yeah, down. I, I, I mean, there's I, the classic of Cyclops uh, saying, "I give up, nuts." <laughs> Or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I the the one liners are really funny because it's just like like you had time to write like someone had to say this and write this like and, and sometimes it's like that almost works but like it's just worded weirdly. Yeah. So it's just kind of like like Wolverine charging at somebody and being like, How would you like a taste of adamantium? Like <laughs> something like that, right? And like his, his insults are amazing. Yeah, you I mean he's constantly got a trash. <laughs> uh what what does he say? He's like 
just because some uh, soft-boiled egg gets shot, we have to go to <laughs> back in time, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of lines like that. Wolverine's voice cracks me up because he's got a weird, like, nasally undertone. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, and a lot of the characters do. There's something about the, like, the hyper male aggressive thing that, like, the voice actors end up getting really nasally and kind of, like, I don't know how to describe it, but they'll, like, Bishop will just be, like, never. <laughs> like, his voice gets really, like. Bishop's voice is, uh, is it's something. Well, it will be, like. <laughs> We have to stop this assassination! <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. But but it even gets weirder and more like, like, there's the, the a strange, like, strain tone to it. And Wolverine gets that a lot where he's just like, hey, bub, better watch out for my claws! <laughs> like, <laughs> something and like I that. I think it's it's even better with secondary characters. Like, we talked about Puck earlier. Just oh, like, God, yeah. Yeah. Puck, Puck is. How you doing, hey? <laughs> I mean, that's not even right. Good... Puck is clearly supposed to have like a deep voice. He's like yeah. super masculine. That's his whole thing is that he's like hyper masculine, and for them to give, him, I mean, it's clearly like just like oh, it's a little, it's a little person. So we're just gonna yeah. give him like a little dwarf voice. Uh, uh, I yeah. I didn't know it was a thing, but there are two. I mean, I I've watched two Mojoverse um, episodes. Mojo's mm-hmm. vo- voice. I mean, they're the most cartoony episodes. Because Mojo is like, yeah. I don't know, I don't even know how to describe him. He, he's, he's, um, I mean, he's like queer coded, uh, kind of like Ursula in The Little Mermaid. Like he, he's kind of behaves sure. like the cartoon um, idea of a, dra- of a drag queen. Um, okay. He dialed right, up gonna... to, to 21. Yeah. Okay. All <laughs> right. I have to look that up. A lot, but it's kind of fun. It's okay. kind of works. Yeah, I, I... That that's funny. I, I did not see. It. I, I, I specifically with avoided the seriousness of the of the team because the team is all like serious. You have Wolverine, you have Cyclops, who are completely serious, and he he's just dialed up to eleven. And it's it's kind of fun. It kind of works. Hmm. Yeah. I mean that that's kinda, the, the the thing is like you know what the show reminds me of a little bit. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the Arrowverse. I don't know if you've watched many Arrowverse shows. I watched everything up to twenty up up to Crisis on on Infinite Earths. Like, it, I feel like it, it is hitting that level of, like, melodrama, yeah. where it's like, this is really big and silly. It, the thing is that, like, with the animated show, it can kind of do everything that it wants to, where, like, the, where the live counts. shows are restrained. Yeah, they're restrained by budget, right? And, like, they obviously can't, like, go as wild with it. But I actually think it's a decent comparison to those shows. Like, they, they, these are sillier, for sure. I can right? feel but, what like, you mean, yeah. But, like, it still is just, like, it's silly superhero stuff that, like will build the world out, it will take its characters, like, relatively seriously, right? Like, it is, like, building a, a, a whole universe here, and, like, having you try to get invested, like, episode by episode, season by season, into the characters long term, um, I, I, I think, like, you know, th- there's definitely, like, a precursor to this, I mean, I don't know if they're, they're actually influenced by it, but, like, I, yeah, I think no, there's I more... Because pro- I, 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 I was thinking, like, I was thinking, I was like, what what is like this now, right? Like, like, Marvel's done a million shows after this, and I don't think any of them have taken off. No. Right? Like, they, they, they had uh, they had the Spider-Man show, which I kind So the Spider-Man show is what I loved. I was the obsessed with show? the Spider-Man show. Yeah, 1994 yeah, okay. it came out. That was the show, like, I love that, and every time X-Men came on, I was like, ugh, this stinks, I love <laughs> Spider-Man. And so that show was how I got into, like, comics and Marvel comics and Spider-Man. It was my first exposure to Spider-Man, so, like, I, I love that. Um... And then Batman animated series, and then there's like there's the Justice League, which is a good show. There's a Superman animated series, but like post two thousand, 
And it's like, crazy to is... me that there aren't uh, better uh, animated sh- uh, DC and Marvel animated shows in the in the 2000s and 2010s. I, I mean, you know, like we have a couple, we have Harley Quinn now, you know, which yeah. people, people like, but that that's not quite the same, right? Like, because no. I was just thinking, like, I, I, you yeah, know, to me, Harley Titans, Quinn is more comparable like, to like the Doom Patrol show than to other uh, animated. Right, shows. it's it's silly. It's not trying to actually have like a big, you know serious uh you know dc world building even though it does have some of that um because it's you know it's joke versions of all the characters which is which is fine and good um but like i know i know dave likes the ultimate spider-man show from like the early 2000s and like you know like there's a hulk show there's there's a a new x-men show called like x-men unlimited or something where they're all like evolution in the 2000s and then wolverine and the x-men in the 2010s i think which those shows so I'll, I'll plug days of future cast the podcast <laughs> with a uh, previous guest uh, gary and jeremy um they've both been on in, in recently and uh they cover these these if you if you're like yeah i want to get into the x-men show you could listen to their podcast they cover them like episode by episode they do like a watch yeah. show of that they finished the animated series they watched the hulk show i think which is a couple seasons um, and then I think they started X-Men Evolution and got so annoyed by how not, like, how boring it was that they completely scrapped <laughs> the idea of being a watch show and switched to comics, because they were just like, we can't do another season of this. Um, so, like, I, I have th- th- you run out of, of good Marvel uh, shows. X-Men Evolution a few years ago, yeah. but I, maybe I need yeah. to uh, watch it again. Yeah, yeah, well, it, I mean, I haven't seen it, so I, I can't say, but, like, I, I just know, like, nothing, th- this, the X-Men animated series now is probably... I think still like the biggest animated thing that Marvel has oh, yeah, ever definitely. done. Right? It's the thing that people remember most fondly. People still return to it. They're excited that it was going to be on Disney Plus, right? Yeah. And it it is kind of so. I mean, I I get now like the MCU wouldn't really want to burn any ideas on an animated I show. Guess, that they, but... Now, like n- now they're doing stuff where it's just like, yeah, I could see. But except the new the, the shows just being that a came live out... action. Sorry. TV show. Oh yeah, no, no, no. except the shows that came out like uh, in the 2010s were just taking the exact storylines that they were doing in the the MCU just one or two years later. Like they they did uh, Age of Ultron two years after the movies. They did Guardians of the Galaxy two years after the movies. So yeah, I, I, but they didn't. Yeah, they didn't really take off. I no, guess, right. But like they're also not like they're not doing a Mortal Hulk, right? Like that's the thing is I, I think like. Yeah, they're not staying super fresh, and you know, like they're not—they're not, they're not going to start adapting Zdarsky's Daredevil into a TV show. They're not going to start doing Jonathan Hickman's X Men into but, the animated series because they're like, well, we want to. I think they would either want to save that for to me for the, the MCU. The way to change or, it is not to change the like the stories you adapt, but the the, yeah. the way you adapt them. Because I think if you look at the. 2010's Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy series, the Avengers Which Assemble series, seen. the Spider-Man I Limited seen series. Any of it, yeah. They are yeah. very similar in tone. I mean, they're all in the same universe, but they feel like the same series overall. Okay. Which, yeah. to me, the okay. way of doing it, that's why I'm really excited about the Batman and Superman shows that were just announced uh, by DC because oh, those seem to okay. be in very different uh, animation styles and uh, uh, like uh, the the stories they're telling, and yeah, do different stuff. All they every show doesn't have to fit in the same universe. You don't have to do the same yeah, way. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's totally. like every animated DC movie looks like it's in the Batman animated series universe, which is oh my god, pretty boring which, to me. Which, and and literally none of them have looked as 
good as the Batman no, animated yeah. series. It, it's it's I hate that. Like it's why I don't watch DC animated shows because I think they look so boring and dated. I'm yeah. Like I, I'm so tired of that that style. And it's like that kind of looks neat. Like this new movie they announced. I'm like that kind of seems interesting, but like it's this cheesy animation from literally 30 years ago that like still looks really stiff and dated. And like it's wild that they are clinging to that so much is the new yeah. batman superman show i mean the new style? batman show is like i mean it's i think it's still with bruce tim so i don't know uh, okay. what that's yeah. gonna look like but the superman show looks like visually kind of like gravity falls uh, not uh, i mean i guess the owl house or so stuff like that which is yeah, exciting okay. to me because I, I like that style and i, I like that uh, i mean i guess Te- teen titans go broke out of that and they yeah, have their own thing. that's true and people love that right like that yeah. you know that People return to that. There, that has a really hardcore fan base. Uh, anyway, but, but um, that's like to me, like do a new mutant show, do a uh, I don't know, Young Avengers show, stuff like that. I I think you know the the thing is like the MCU is at the point and at the popularity, yeah, where they could have a new mutant show that 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 would not be Arrowverse quality. It would be MCU movie quality, right? Like they could yeah. do the Demon Bear saga on a TV show and have the money to fully, you know, do the bear and have all the, you know, the effects, you know, and I've, wh- whatever. They would, like, be able to really pull that off in a but, TV show now. So but I, to me, I can that's see them not that, wanting if to... we're talking specifically, like, for example, about the Demon Bear saga, even yeah. with the best possible CGI, that wouldn't look as good as a, an animated version. Sure. I'm not even, I'm not arguing against no, yeah. it. Like, I, I think having, I think having an animated world would be fun and cool, right? Like, you know, have have your own like side pocket universe where you can do animated yeah. shows and it doesn't have to cross over. But like, I, I don't know if they would just because of that. You know, like Batman, I feel like they are like, well, we do one Batman movie every like three to four years. So like, there's literally thousands of Batman stories that we can adapt in the, the yeah. show and it doesn't really <laughs> matter and it's not gonna, you know, like burn, burn too much. But doing something like this, like the X-Men animated series where it's just like, we're telling the biggest X-Men stories in the animated series, yeah. right? Like, they're going to say, like, we're not going to put Hoxpox into an animated show. Well, because we might want to put that in the MCU. Except Secret Wars in the animated uh, Avengers show, like, uh, two years ago. I guess, I guess that's... So, I don't know. I guess that's... Yeah, but you know what? Like, I mean, they probably are like, are we going to do Secret Wars in the next decade? But no. Yeah, but that's you my know, point. Because may- are they going point, to do New Mutants in the next decade after the, the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, show, the movie that yeah. came out? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, think, I think, you know, I think it's the tentpole issue where they're just kind of like... Does this make us the most money to do this? Yeah. Or, you know, are, can we make more money putting out these, you know, live action MCU shows all the time? The, yeah, I don't know. I don't I mean, know if, like, we'll, we'll see something for, like this again. I'm excited for the What If show. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, right. Yeah, that that's a that's a great idea. I'm I'm very, you know, that, that's a couple of months away, yeah. I think. But I'm, I'm pretty excited. You, you know, the, um, the other comic animation thing happening is, as much as I am not a fan <laughs> of Invincible... The comic. I don't really like the comic very much, and the show. Like people like the show. I think it just looks terrible, right? <laughs> like, um, like it, the animation was so bad on that show. I think I, it. I, I don't. I think it looks good overall. I think it's the it's it's at its worst like, in like scenes of just two people talking to each two people talking to each other. It, yeah, it was but, like very stiff, and you know, it, the, like especially I was. Yeah. We were watching Korra, and, like, in comparison to Korra, I was just like, Korra's so expressive in just conversations, like, in conversations with two people, like, their facial expressions and body language and stuff is all there. It's the same studio, right? It's Studio Mia that did both? 
Is it really? I think oh so. Oh my god, that is such a downgrade that from the I mean that you know, who knows? Who knows budget, whatever, you know. Um Oh no, never mind. Let me see. Okay, I, d- I didn't think so. Yeah, it's Skybound. No, no, never mind. Did, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I will say, though, like, as much as I'm, like, not that big of a fan of Invincible, you know, I'm thrilled that everyone's loving it and that it's being a big hit, right? Yeah. Because, like, one of the weirder things about American comic culture is that they're not learning any of the lessons of Japanese comic culture, which is the, like, adaptation into animation in the yeah. enormous market, the enormous untapped market for, like, how much adults love you know, this kind of, like, PG-PG-13 region of stuff, like, adapting indie comics all over the place into, like, just direct animation Yeah, instead of doing the like lock mon- and key show where it gets cancelled after one season on Netflix. Right, instead of kind of, like, super <laughs> oh, um, generic, way too expensive Netflix shows Jupiter's that Legacy, are, like... Which is, uh, <laughs> right. Why? Or even Sweet Tooth, which I think people like, g- I've kind seen of, people but, like, like it, yeah. But I don't think people are over the moon about it, and I think no. it's just going to kind of be forgotten and swept aside, right? Like, but but yeah. uh, you know, I mean, my, I think my the hope only is one the that has really thing. worked is uh, Umbrella Academy. People love. Yeah, I, I didn't watch that, but Rose watched that, and she really she really liked that. I mean, there's there's oh, you know what? Dave and I just had this conversation in yeah. a variant, and I felt really stupid because we were talking about like TV adaptations, and we were mostly just like, yeah, they don't work, and they're pretty boring, and we don't care about them. Um, Preacher is like. One of the really weird yeah. ones that kind of works. But it like... also doesn't... I mean, I haven't read the comic, but from what I've seen, okay. it's really different from the comic. It's very different, but it like it, it kind of... It hits the same beats on a, on a large scale, right? Like, the same character. It, like, it feels true to the comic, even if it is not following yeah. the comic story, right? Like, And it's also, like, its own weird thing. I think that's a cool adaptation, just because it's, like, it's a really good mix of, like feeling true to the comic while also just being like, yeah, but we're also, this is our own team. It kind of like Legion. We, we both brought up Legion. Yeah. Where it's just like, this is, you know, it's clearly influenced and it's pointing at, and, and like the MCU shows, like Loki, right? Like Loki is right now. That's like, true. Cause it's, it's, yeah, it's pointing to Loki comics all over the place, but it's also totally its own thing. Right. Like, and I think it's, a, yeah, I guess Umbrella Academy is the same. Cause it's a, uh, it's very, the comics is very different from uh, the the yeah. TV show. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's all that, that's uh, that's very interesting. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I both of us I think are like positive. I you like the X Men show a little more than me, but I'm yeah. also just like, um, you know, if I if I was, I'm bummed that I didn't find this show later. If I had found the show when I was twelve or thirteen, I think I would have been like over the moon about it and like yeah. crazy about it. It's just that it was when I was you know a very soft sensitive. You know, seven-year-old <laughs> um, who was like scared by this show. <laughs> um, have you seen any of the Spider-Man show? No, I watched a bit of uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, no, I mean like the, the '90s. Oh no, the '90s the one 90s that follows this up. M- maybe like, I caught like one or two episodes when I was a kid, but I-, I barely remember it. I'm kind of vaguely considering trying to do something similar. Yeah. Th- with this and just like p- pick up that show and, uh, and which, would you be interested Plus, in? Right? It is. Would you yeah. be interested in watching a little of that and yeah, totally. coming back and talking to me about that? Okay, cool. Um, yeah, because I, I wanna, I wanna check that. That's the one that like really, you know, cemented itself in my head. And is like weird. I, I don't think the the voice acting in um, X Men like people love these voice actors because you know they love the show and they're you know like very it's part of their childhood or yeah. whatever. Um, but like the voice actors are not as big names as Spider Man. Like Spider Man has. <laughs> Joe Jonah Jameson is voiced by Ed Asner. I don't know if you know Ed Asner. I uh, like, don't think so. Just a, a very, like, 
pretty well-known name okay. in uh, in America throughout the like I, I don't know um he was on the Mary Tyler Moore show which was a big show in like the 70s and 80s here and he's just like a pretty well-known comedian in uh in America but he did J Jonah Jameson Jennifer Hale who's still a very like famous voice actor yeah. did a uh, Black Cat she's um like if you play the female shepherd in Mass Effect she's the female okay. shepherd uh there and like yeah yeah there's just a fair amount of like pretty pretty well-known um voice actor greg brady from the brady bunch movies <laughs> does the okay. voice of spider-man not not the not from the brady bunch but from the brady bunch movies like of the 90s that were kind of making fun of it um yeah anyway it's a fun sh- oh and mark hamill does hobgoblin i've read about oh, that and, okay and, that, yeah you mark hamill does hobgoblin and, and hank hank azaria does uh venom right those are like the big okay, you know, guest stars that they get on Hank Azaria is like, uh, well, I mean, he's, he's an actor and stuff, but he's like, yeah. on The Simpsons, he does like <laughs> Moe and Chief Wiggum. And to me, he's Kamen uh, Ra from Nights at the Museum, too. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. He, he's a kind of comedian and voice actor. But okay, yeah. He does Venom's voice. Um, oh, oh, sorry. Speaking of voices, uh, so my favorite line that I, I remembered. Yeah, okay, go ahead. From this, and I think it's a little bit of a classic. So, like, this is, I, I think I have it cemented in my head a little bit because of Days of Future cast. Cyclops is fighting a Sentinel. Yeah. <laughs> and like and uh and he shoot the sentinel like fires, you know, like a laser at him and Cyclops just goes, Energy beam, huh? <laughs> Which is <laughs> so funny to me. Energy beam, huh? And then he goes, Here's one from a pro <laughs> And like his delivery is so funny to me. It's so flat and just like <laughs> I, I love this Cyclops. Non, like he's... <laughs> non-plussed. It's so good. Energy beam, huh? <laughs> Here's some great one liners. <laughs> Oh, one, yeah, one I love also that um, uh, they noticed in uh, Days of Future Cast is Morph um, copying himself and saying, making copies, making copies. <laughs> <laughs> God, just that, what is that man? Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, okay, all right, uh, we gotta we gotta wrap this up. Uh, well, thank you, thank you so much, Charlotte, for coming on. This was a ton of fun, and uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to chatting with you again. You're going to be on our episode three of 1992, covering Infinity War, Infinity War. Um, and Warlock and Infinity Watch. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, thank you, thank you so much for that. Thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, if you want to support the show, you can go to iTunes or uh, Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. You can go over to patreoncom here and back us for as little as a dollar a month. You get access to the master spreadsheet for like three dollars. You get access to our bonus episodes for five dollars. You get access to the Slack, early access to whenever I finish editing the episodes, which is sometimes like a month ahead of time. And um, six months early access to My Ultimate Year, which is our spin-off show covering the entirety of the Ultimate Universe. Um, I think this is as good a time as any to thank all of our listeners for our annual June fundraiser uh, oh, yeah. this month. <clears throat> this year was um, for the Transgender Law Center in Avon, California. We raised nine hundred dollars for them. Um, outside of what Dave, Dave and I donated our Patreon this month uh, to uh, to different transgender causes, but um, just just through listeners uh, backing us nine hundred dollars of or backing them, backing them, donating to them. I don't <laughs> got got content. Creator You're backing them on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, <laughs> just insane. Um, but yeah, raised nine hundred dollars, which I'm just like thrilled about. And thank yeah. you, thank you, everyone who who uh who gave money for that um i think a couple of the episodes the listener episodes are out now including 
Two with Charlotte covering Avatar yeah. comics and if, Uncle Scrooge comics. If Don you Rosa want to, to hear comics. Zach talk about uh, Doug Genitalia, well, keep listening to him because I'm sure it will come up again at some point. But uh, also <laughs> yeah, listen right. to the the Scrooge yeah, mini the most, episode. Most predictable thing in the world that I brought up about <laughs> yeah. penis during that episode. Um, yeah, and we've got. Let me see. Uh, up and coming. Not everyone has chosen what they're going to cover, but we're going to be covering with different listeners. Final Crisis, DC's Final Crisis. Yeah. Um, Dustin, who I mentioned earlier, is bringing. He's a he's a big One Piece guy, but he's having us read the works of I think it's Ichiro Oda. I think is his name. Sorry if I get that a little wrong. His work before One Piece. We're oh, gonna okay. cover a little bit of the stuff he did before One Piece. We're gonna look at Justice League International from the um, the Dematteis comics. We're gonna read an arc of that. Um, I think that's all I've got. Oh, Runaways, the first uh, Runaways by. Um, Brian K. Vaughn. Brian K. Vaughn, I think. Yep. Okay. So, and, uh, that that's what I have planned right now, and more to come. Yeah, and if you if you haven't uh, went back and listened to it, uh, also go go back and listen to those from last year. Uh, there's one when you talk about. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, DC versus Marvel and uh, Doctor Afra comics mm-hmm. uh, from Star Wars. Uh, there's some really fun stuff. Oh yeah, those are all there, and and those are all they're they're on the <laughs> Patreon page and the Patreon feed, but they are open to the public. Um, so if you uh, if you're not a Patreon backer. You can go to patreon.com slash here and find those posts with those um, those articles. We didn't put them on the main feed, but they are um, they're all sitting there. And if you give if you do give a dollar a month, you can have that feed like sitting in your um, podcast catcher or whatever. You don't have to listen through a browser or anything. Um, or if you download the Patreon app, I think you could listen like you know kind of naturally through your phone. So. Okay, uh, that's gonna do it. Music is by Disasterpiece. Uh, you can find me at uh, my Bravo Sierra on Twitter. Uh, Charlotte, do you want to give your uh, Twitter? Oh yeah, uh, you can find me at uh, Sh- Charlotte, Fiero Charlotte on uh, on Twitter, uh, and you can find uh, my reading orders uh, at cbh.com, which is uh, amazing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, if you if you find her Twitter, you'll find them like linked yeah. there, or uh, you know, on Comic Book Herald. So yeah, just uh, just Google Charlotte Comic Book Herald, and you'll uh, you'll find what she's written. I'm <laughs> sure. All right, thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next year. See you next year. Uh-huh.